Spirit Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Etnif, Ot, Atelid, Rates, the Pony and Talabrana, Catelido, Feliz, the Penny, Toladia, Shaladi, Dreno, Catali, Brenos, the Fetin, and Dre, Cataste, Sise, Motabrani, Talaitanofi, Lemene, Catambele, Janato, Frecatelli, Tenita, Falatan, the Powers, Macatabaletin, it the Powers, Lembriato, Feletta, the Powers, Makinte, Venondelia, to the Powers, Caria Baladinetolia, to lay the Powers, even the Powers to turn hearts, even the Powers to turn hearts, even the Powers to turn hearts, even the Powers, Powers of turning, Powers of turning. Powers of turning men even from darkness unto light. Powers of turning men even from the power of Satan even unto God. Powers, 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 even such powers that lay upon your tongue, even my servant this evening. Even such powers that lay upon your tongue. Even such powers that lay upon your tongue. For I take hold of your tongue. I take hold of your tongue. I take hold of your tongue by the powers of the everlasting covenant. For to write, for to write 
right upon her hearts, for to write upon her and to make men to take decisions, to turn out of darkness and turn into light. I, 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 I take hold of your tongue. I take hold of your tablet. I take hold of your heart. I take hold of your heart by the powers, by the power of the everlasting covenant, by the powers of everlasting light. I take hold of your tongue, for you will speak with power, for you will declare with power. You will declare with power. You will declare with power. For I've been sent from heaven, even with this power. And I am standing with you, even to minister under the unction of this power. Under the unction of this power. For to declare things everlasting. For to declare things that will guarantee men to move out of darkness and to move into light. I, I take hold of your tongue. I take hold of your heart. I take hold of your tongue. I take hold of your faculties. I take hold of your tongue. And I take hold of your heart. And you will cause men to turn. You will cause men to turn. For I will speak through you. I will speak through you. Say the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Let's just bow our heads in prayers again. Father, we just call upon you in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus. I earnestly desire mercy of you. Yes, I've cried out to you. I desire help at this hour. Help to just um, witness by the help of your Spirit. Yes, concerning that precept. Concerning that um, supply that you have for your people, that which will further persuade us. You, you persuaded our father Abraham until he got to that place and to that season and to that junction where he was strong in faith, not wavering, giving glory to you. Lord, we ask, I'm asking that you fuel our position in this session. Yes, help us to see what you are seeing about this season, what you want us to see. Yes, that we might be motivated to go all the way even like we saw the saints in Hebrews 11 did concerning the chapter of salvation of their day in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you for the help of your spirit. I come under the authority upon the house, upon, come under the grace that is upon your servant. Let that grace speak. Let that grace speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, uh, like Pastor Mecca said yesterday, when I saw the team of the um, of this year's conference, I smiled, and uh, I thank God that at least somebody who is a visionary of the team, Pastor Emeka, you know, started that session yesterday. Uh, I was telling Pastor Yola, uh, I said, ah, you you need some age in the spirit, you need some stature, you need some uh, dying in the Lord to be able to uh, teach at that frequency and um, um, present that truth in a very profound way. I believe many of us will still, be, will still be coming into the understanding of what was shared as we tarry with these materials. Amen. Uh, let's, let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, the verse, in, um, by God's grace, um, the, um, the conference team. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's see the previous verse. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. Boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Amen. Amen. I like the way Pastor Mika started yesterday talking about the source of this boldness. That is a boldness. I think Pastor, yeah, Pastor um, Jeff also uh, hinted on that. That is a boldness. That is fetched, you know, in the season of faith. One thing faith will do, it will make you bold. It's a holy boldness. It's a, it's a reverential boldness. 
is a boldness that is born while handling uh, the holy things of the courts. Amen. Hallelujah. And there you you have a you have something takes place. Uh, I see the activity of this boldness amongst you know, a number of us, not just ministers. Um, it's a confidence in the Lord, um, like you have somebody who is 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 full of that Mark uh, 9:23 faith, who can doubt his doubts. Uh, so uh, that boldness, Ephesians chapter chapter three talked about it. It talks about the boldness that the faith supplies. It's a weakness to, it's one of the things that weaknesses to our sanctification. Amen. Our being sanctified. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. That is the faith that is in Christ. Amen. Okay, let's go to the next verse. Uh, And then it says, verse uh, um, 20 please. 19 rather, having therefore, okay, no, verse 20, by a new and living way. Uh, interestingly, uh, one of the things that came to me while I was looking at this some days ago, two days or so ago, uh, Pastor Maker made reference to that also when he talked about um, a new and a living way, that, you know, make reference to how the living way is new to Christ. Uh, the, one of the ways to capture a soul uh, in the natural and in the spirit is to introduce something new, bring something new to him. Amen. One of the reasons why we tarried long in that season of being carnal is because the world kept flipping different things to us as new. At some point in time, you know, gaining an entrance into um, secondary school or university is a new thing. And that unlocks the, the energy of the soul. <laughs> the words of our dear pastor, Pastor Kent. That unlocks the energy of the soul. Um, new things, there's a way the soul, uh, uh, it, it, there's a way it unlocks an adventurous tendency in the soul. Amen. So for some people right now, they don't have a tablet or a touch, a, a, a device that has a touch future. And they are looking forward to it. It's a hope because it's a new thing. And then when they express it, they're looking for something new. They're looking for, you know, a new version, a new edition. So, uh, men are kept under the captivity of new, so seemingly new things. Amen. Uh, but I was thinking about it earlier. Uh, in the words of Solomon, he says, there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. So when you look at all his wealth could do, it wasn't new under the sun. It wasn't new because uh, uh, corruption will catch up with it. So like Daddy once says, said, he said, when, when, when you have a, when you are making a car in the factory, the day is being made, is already growing in corruption. You may not see it. Corruption is already attacking it. So we look through all the Old Testament. Huh? In the light of the New Testament, there is nothing new there was nothing that was new in the Old Testament. The first person that came near the threshold of a new thing was Adam. In fact, the the design of Eden was was a design around a life that was new. So there was something that was new to Adam. There was something that God knew that if Adam had partaken of, he would have come into 
newness as defined by the Godhead. When he says in, in um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let him have dominion. So you see, that man coming into a dominion after the order of the New Testament, there was something, there was a testament that Adam was meant to come into huh? by virtue of keeping that commandment. That, that testament would have brought forth a, a, an, ad, an adventure, a pleasure, would have unlocked something pleasurable. But of course, what the enemy did is what he still does to us. He went ahead of him like he, does, like he goes ahead of us to introduce us to a, to a pseudo kind of newness. A, 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 a so-called a life that, ha, that has a kind of glory. And like I said earlier, anything that can be subject to corruption, to decay, is not new. Anything that, anything in the New Testament that, that, because what our Lord Jesus came to do was to redefine what was new. Because through the fall, we lost the real definition of what is new. What is new in the sight of the Lord, even in the sight of holy angels, are things that are kept in the blood. That's why it says somewhere in the book of Matthew and Luke, they said, this is the New Testament in my blood. So the first time a new thing was found was in the blood of a man, was in the blood of the soul of man. So when it says, for example, in Revelation chapter, chapter 12, it said, this is he that deceived the whole world. It's because the whole world are still captivated under the definition of what is new. They say, we say, we just built a new house. In the actual fact, there's no house that is new. There's no shoe that is new. It's hard to explain it to a natural man. They say new notes. The only place... The only place that new things can be safely kept eh, is in the blood. Yes, because the blood has the blood has ability to preserve. Are we in the house, please? So, like I said earlier, one of the cries of Solomon was that he realized after his toil that there was nothing new in all his adventure, that there was nothing new under the sun. So God had to bring something that is new beyond the sun. And the first thing that is new, which is beyond the sun, is actually righteousness. It was by, it was, it's by righteousness you have, it was, it was, in fact, it was righteousness that was impacted on our spirit man that raised the genes, that resurrected our spirit man. So in the, in the economy of the New Testament, the first, the first new experience was in, a, in, in our spirit man. That's why our spirit man is called the new man. Christ. Why? Because, because God's righteousness was infused, imputed into it. So what makes a thing right, what makes a thing new, is actually righteousness. 
So this is a very good way to start a conversation with many believers out there who have a new spirit but who still have an old soul. If you look at Romans chapter 6, let's see that where it talks about newness of, uh, where it talks about the newness of life. I think verse 3 or so. Let's see that quickly. Numbers chapter Romans, sorry, Romans chapter 6. Yes, from verse 4, okay? It says that therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That is where new things spring from. Hmm? That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we ought to walk in the newness of life. So the first time a soul responds to what is new is, a, is the first time a soul comes in contact with what is revealed. That's why when Paul will hear that saints have kept faith with that milk expression of faith, faith and hope in Lord Jesus Christ, he will pray to the Father of glory that he will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation because it will take revelation to bring forth righteousness concerning what is new. Yes. So the first time a soul knows what is new is when a soul begins to walk. So look at now. When you look at the body of Christ, you will find people who have not taken the first step in the spirit. You will find a generation of believers who have lived for 20, 30, 40 years and they are still toddlers in the spirit. And some of them have some seemingly mighty works. Like Jesus said, he says, you shall, you shall say that day, we have done this in my name without experiencing newness of life, without walking in the newness of life, in the newness of a life that is of God. He said, God will say to them, depart from me, O ye that walk iniquity, for I know you not. So the warfare of the new, the, 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 the beauty of the New Testament was the inability to bring knowledge of what is new. So even the first man, the man that Matthew 13, chapter 11 described as the greatest of all men, he was a man who had the opportunity again, like Adam once had, to behold what was new, which is the kingdom. So what is new is actually the kingdom of God. Of course, you know, to touch base with the kingdom of God, you have to find you have to come into the kingdom of Christ. Which is a summation of a particular conversation that will set aside what we once called new. What once captivated us. Which is called the world. He said, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. He's talking about two things. The things that are in the world have a visible expression. And many of them have a tangible expression. They have a physical expression. And that's why you say a new car. But says you can use it. Says First Corinthians chapter seven. They that have dealings with the world as though they do not. So you can use new things, but you must give the Holy Ghost the permission to regulate your use of new things according to the present. Because a life has married the present, and man engaging with that life without being separated from the present, will we'll experience what is called defilement. Will experience corruption. 
So he says, love not the world, neither the things. Yeah. So it's possible to, not to, it's possible, there are some people look at me, they have a distaste. They, they can ignore the things of this world. There is a, a, a Nobel, Nobel lyric, for example, in a nation, who, who at some point in time, I think he was, he was put off by what was happening uh, in the West, in a nation like America. I know some of us know who I'm talking about. And he took his green card. His, he, was, he was offered citizenship because of, you know, as it were, his glory in the academic world. Huh? He took his green card and he tore it. That green card is what many, many, sorry to say, pastors, many believers, we are, are praying to God for. So that is one of the things of this world. So you can, you, can, you can despise or ignore some of the things of this world. There are some professors, for example, they are content just using a 1990 car, just one car. And they, just, they, are, they are not even as much as they can afford using another car. They just, they just, leave, they just take with that car. So somewhere, they, there are some things of this world that will not necessarily pull them. But the least of them is looking for something that is still in the world and that is still of the world. It's looking for a glory. The only way you can resist the glory of this world eh, is by firstly coming into the, the definition of new, what is called the New Testament. It's by assessing the economy of the New Testament and that economy being able to flow, run seamlessly through you. Then that guarantees your escape from this world. And even at that, you will hear, you hear a, a, a father a father in everlasting life say things like, say, writing, look at the audience who was writing there. If you look at it, he talked about little children, young men. Those were those who were relating with the love of the father, with the love beyond the veil, this charity company. And even fathers, he was still telling them, love not the world, because they were still, they, 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 even the tendency to do otherwise, where, when heaven satisfied that that tendency has been, has been eroded, is actually when we receive all judgments that are contained in everlasting life. So you can ignore the love of the things of this world, but if there's something called the world, there's something that is, that is invisible. And there's a glory around things that are invisible. So you can see the conquest of our Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4 was not an ordinary conquest. Why? Because it was in a season of everlasting life. To resist the glories of this world, you need everlasting life. Because the nature, like I said earlier, the nature of the soul is that it likes to adventure. God's servant daddy once says, the sin of Adam in Eden was actually a scene of adventure. What does it look like? And that's why when they want to raise a new man, one of the things they tell him, one of the commandments he has to keep in charity is to touch not the unclean thing. Because there's something adventurous in, in what is unclean. And even when a soul comes into that, into that season, when he's been fathered, as sons and daughters, eh? 
Yes, he has. He has a, by by touching not the unclean thing, he's, he's, he has been raised as a priest. He has escaped the corruption that walks through lust. He now he cannot partake of divine nature by virtue of being fathered by the father of all spirits, by virtue of coming into subjection. It, there's a subjection to the saints of the Lord that communicate the first measure of new things that makes a man new. And by so doing, for the first time, the Lord cuts covenant to such a soul. I like what um, um, Pastor uh, Jeff was saying yesterday. He says, in this meeting, he said, many are, are meant to cut covenant. I remember also in Believers Convention, I think one of the ministers was also making reference to the fact that in that meeting, meaning actually in meetings, especially when when, when another level of new things are being said, some will end up cutting covenant if they can have the kind of readiness that God was expecting from, from the children of Israel at Mount Moriah, at that mountain. If God told Moses, you know, to call upon them and, you know, to, to, to summon them to come to the mountain to hear those words, meaning they could do that. I mean, by so doing, eh, the terms of the, they, they would have acquainted themselves with the terms of the covenant, with the clauses. When you have an agreement, which is, when you have a, a, an agreement, an, an agreement is like a, con- a, a, a contract. I once worked in the telecom and I handled accounts of um, different um, uh, arms of the business, international voice, international SMS, international roaming. So you have roaming partners that you have to sign an agreement with. And the goal is, is for us to be able to mutually transact. The goal is that at the end of the day, both parties make money. That's the goal. Look at me. All, tra- all agreements in the, in the corporate world, in the business world, is that is gain. Hebrews chapter 12 talked about our earthly fathers who chastened us for their gain, for their profit. Why? Because when that child graduates, eh, there, is, there is something in the glory, in that, there's something that child would do with that gown on his graduation day and with that academic attainment. There is something, there's a dividend. It says, so it says there, it says, it says they're chasing us for their profit. Their own profit. They're looking for a glory. They want to be able to tell their friends that my son had a first class from Harvard. You want to be able to bask in what your soul has done with academic light. He said, but no, when, when God is chastening you, he says it's for your own profit. So meaning God is signing, a, God, God is entering into an agreement with us and the, the person that will gain from the agreement is us. There's no contract. In fact, some contracts that are signed, I remember then, called revenue share, you will say, this party takes 30%, maybe because of the stakes and the value that is that the person is bringing to the to the table. This person takes thirty percent. This the other party takes seventy percent. They have to sign. But God came to the table with us and gave us hundred percent. And then, like you have agreements, huh? Amen. When you have an agreement, you have what is called clauses. Sometimes we review agreement with a business partner and sometimes in one, two months, you're still tackling some clauses. 
You want it to be phrased in a way that is not ambiguous. You don't need to go to a court to interpret it. Because a lot of times some parties, they will construct some clauses in a way that there are some hidden meanings. When, 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 when the chiefs are down, they will let you know that, oh, they, will, they have to invoke this clause. And that's why you have legal team from both parties to review agreements. In as much as, as a commercial manager, I'm vast in the review of agreement, they have to employ a legally certified lawyer who is experienced in reviewing agreements because many, com many companies have gone down. Uh, Nine Mobile was formerly what? Etzalat. Etzalat, there were some clauses in that agreement. And at, yes, at the end of the day, you know, they, um, um, they have to be, uh, they, 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 they cashed in on, on that and they have to liquidate the company. The foreign company made a lot of losses. So when God is speaking concerning what will raise a new man, what will cause a soul come to that newness of life. When I mean newness of life, I'm talking about the new conversation, the first new conversation that is new under the sun. They are conversations that springs from Christ, from a righteousness of faith that is in Christ. So when you see first uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 22, seeing that you have purified yourself, that's the process of making a soul new. That's the process of making the, the content of the soul, the heart and the mind, the, 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 uh, the life in the soul, the water and the blood in the soul, has to be taken through the process of purification for them to introduce new things, for them to make the soul a new man, like the spirit is a new man. And the process has to do with purification. And there's nothing you purify without heat, without fire. There's nothing you purify without suffering. You have to take it through a process of purification until the first produce Called praise. He says in that first Peter, he said that your faith may be found unto praise. That's the first pleasure. That's actually a new man. That's a man that has been purified. That's a man that has waved a an offering. Offerings praise actually an offering in the spirit. I think Malachi was talking about that, that he may have to offer an offering in righteousness. is the first offering in righteousness that the soul offers. That's what pr proves that that soul is, is new, as newness of life. And they certify what makes a soul new. Why? Because what God is doing is amongst a company. Where you will find newness, look at me, is amongst a company. All the companies on earth, they have, if you are involved in them, use them. Use them. And one of, one of the ways you will use them is to further the cause of a charity company. I call it the, the best place to make investment. Anybody that is a wise investor, check the investment he has made in the company called Charity. Check his investment in the saints that are in the sanctuary. How much investments? Check his shareholdings. Check how much stocks he has in the lives of saints. That's how you know how wise 
a scientist, if he's a wise investor. Because that's the company where you will find new things under the sun. The first new company under the sun was actually the charity company. Because that was God's joker against the world. And I think it was Pastor Mika that once said, you know, to make reference to Hebrews chapter 11 saints, you know, that they did not, they, in a sense, they did not overcome the world. It takes the faith of the New Testament. Reverend once said, concerning John the Baptist, he said, even John the Baptist, as, as close as he was, as mighty as his exploit was, he had what was unknown to him as sins. So he said, I think Pastor Michael so was one make reference. He says, they did not, the world did not overcome them. Neither did they overcome the world. It, it, look at me, it took the New Testament to produce a company that can overcome the world. It took the New Testament to bring forth new conversations under the sun. So when you, when you hear, for example, Add to your faith, virtue. Pastor James was beautifully talking about that some days ago, last week. Add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge, temperance. Those are new conversations under the sun. Those are, those are conversations that pull down spirits. Firstly, principalities, powers, and the rulers of darkness of this world. Those are the conversations of the new man or that, that will make a soul new. Virtue, temperance. By those conversations, you wrestle with spirits. By those conversations, old things pass away. So when you see, I think Matthew chapter 13 and I think Mark chapter 4, when it talked about the seed of the sower, it was talking about a seed that was meant to introduce a soul into newness of life. And some who could not endure the demands of that seed, the demands, the assault that that seed will bring against all things. Let's see that. Let's see from verse 20. Uh-huh. Verse 21, rather. Let's see some of the rest. Yet had not root in himself, but endured for a while. He started the process of losing all things for a while. But there's something about old things. They are, they, are, they are what man loves. And when a man holds on to it, he holds on to condemnation. Because that life is condemned. Spirits are not even using that thing. They only use the soul of those who use that life to live. For when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, so the word put pressure on all things so that all things can pass away so that a new man can be raised. But some season, there is, there, is, there is an agreement that has not been broken. There is a covenant with all things that the word of righteousness firstly wants to break. But somewhere, this soul does not succeed in in the, in the process of coming out from amongst them and be separate. 
this soul, so at this point in time, this soul has hard words. So, so the demands of that word, like you have every clause, has a demand. It places on both parties that they are meant to legally, they are called legal obligations. So there were clauses that were meant to be kept that would guarantee that soul to become a new man. So we say temperance is a clause in that agreement that is drafted when the Lord, when, the, when, when, when we are hearing the sayings of the Lord, an agreement is being drafted. All those, all those things he told them to add, those are the clauses. When, they, when those clauses are kept, a soul will come into understanding. That's why it says there, in, in the later verse, it says, if this thing be in you and, and abound, those are the things, those are the clauses. Those are, those are what will make a new, those are the new things of the new man. New conversations of the new man. He said they make you that you neither be barren or fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. This verse, because of want of time, Verse 10. Let's see what, what, why, why, why I said it translates to understanding. Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your sure election sure. For if these things be in you, you shall never fail, fall. Uh-huh. For so an entrance. So what is that entrance? It's talking about an entrance that they administer to a new man. So it's talking about abundant entrance or everlasting entrance. It's talking about a season when you'll be able to have dealings with the Father or with the saints of the Lord Almighty. So, for so an entrance, another word for entrance is for so an understanding shall be ministered unto you abundantly. So, it's talking about how a soul will come so from season of the understanding that is constituted in Christ to an understanding that is now new. Because they want to make that new man a quick man. Where what Adam fell short of was was Jesus was called the, the second and the last Adam, a quickening spirit. They want to make that new man through the new and living way. They want to make him a quick spirit. That's why they have to bring him under subjection to the Father of all spirits. Praise the Lord. For so an understanding shall be ministered. So, when we're in conferences, one of the one of the one of the difference between having a conference and not one of the weight and the blessing behind the conference, because those who constitute the company, especially these kind of conferences, those who constitute the company that will bring down Satan and his cohorts, which is a company, they are present. They are connected online. They are seated. So in that meeting, why you hear Pastor Lake and Co. pray that people should prepare their heart, people should come expectant, is because agreements will be drafted. New terms will be introduced. We will do that a lot of times. It's called contract review. Meaning we have a contract and then we realize we can add some clauses so that both parties can leverage some new technologies and new uh, provisions and you know, coming to some more monetary gains. So, so when you see Second Corinthians chapter chapter six, from verse I think seventeen, it talked about the clauses of the agreement. 
that will raise a new man. Wherefore, come out from amongst them and be separate. Say the Lord. Those saints, they are clauses. They are things. They demand a particular conversation. And touch not the unclean thing. So that is what, that's, that's the own, that's what they expect us to perform on our own side of the agreement to become a new man. So to deal with uncleanliness, to deal with the, the world and the idols of this world, they have to bring an agreement to break a former agreement that left us unclean. And in this unclean state, we're prosperous, outwardly speaking. We're carrying all manner of diseases in our soul. So by the time they are now introducing, this is a, a contract that has been signed by, by, agreed by both parties, like the children of Israel, when they came to the base of that mountain. When God was, God went to speak to them, those words that end up, ended up being written on tables of stone was meant to have landed on their hearts. Those were the terms of the covenant that both parties will keep. And by keeping them, they become, they become one with it. They will, they will enjoy the promises. So it's the promise that will make the soul new. And we come into the promises or the blessing by doing what we have agreed to do. Or by doing what we have heard. So when it says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. So we're talking about how the promises that you come to a place where you will be able to comprehend God and his things. Or you'll be able to relate with salvation. Let's see Luke chapter Luke chapter 3 from verse 3. Let's see that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. And he came unto all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Uh-huh. And it was written in the book. Okay. As it's written in the book of the words of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, saying the voice of one, crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Uh-huh. Verse, the next verse. So, if you look at the previous verse, he talked about preaching. So, meaning if... I think the upper verse, the previous verse talked about... Yes. Preaching. The baptism of repentance for remission. So, meaning he didn't remit sins. He remitted sins in a measure. But that measure cannot make that soul a new man. It will take teaching the remission of sins, which is, which is what Jesus did, for, his, for the sins of the soul to be remitted. And that's why you see Acts, I think, chapter, chapter 3. Let's see Acts chapter 3. Let me just buttress that. Acts chapter 3, please. Let's see from verse... Um, thank you, Lord. Let's see from verse... Let's see from verse 19, please. Thank you. Repent ye therefore. So this was, this was the apostles ministering after John had administered. Repent ye therefore and be ye converted. This is the actual remission of sins that will prepare the soul to relate with the living way, the new and the living way. That your sins may be blotted out when the times 
of refreshing shall come. So what will bring these times of refreshing is teaching the new covenant. Teaching new things under the auspices of the Spirit of the Lord from the presence of the Lord. Why? They want to bring us into this presence. Uh The next verse. Quickly. Verse 20. Whom heaven must receive until, meaning he will remain in heaven until the restitution of all things. Until all things are bought back. Until man leaves and becomes a an entity that is fathered by the father of all spirits by good and perfect gifts until he comes into all judgments, all things that the father had. That's how they are going to bring about the times of restitution of all things. Or that's the medium or means. Which God had spoken by the mouth of his holy prophet since the world began. Amen. So let's now go back to Acts. Acts, sorry, Luke chapter 3. So let's go to verse 4 now. So this was a preparation of the way of the Lord. Uh-huh. Let's go to verse 5. Okay. So this was a preparation that preceded the way of righteousness. I will explain that. Every so 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 look at me. Eh? The water that John was handling could not complete, could not do this job, could not undo this work. Verse 5 is a work that must be undone in the soul for the soul to be a kind of flesh. For the soul to change from being that grassy, carnal state of flesh to being a, to having what daddy was sharing earlier this morning in Ezekiel chapter 36 as a heart of flesh. So that's a walk there. Every valley shall be filled. So this is the topography of the soul. This is what makes the soul old. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough ways shall be made smooth. It's talking about the topography of, of a soul that is still under the under under corruption. So let's now see the next verse. Okay, now says it says, and all flesh, hmm, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So it's talking about so it's talking about how Christ, a, a new man, will be born or will be formed through the teaching of the remission of sins that will now prepare that soul to now relate with the ministry of reconciliation, which is what takes place in that living way. It's the father, the ministry of the father is to bring about reconciliation. He said, be ye, he says in that second Corinthians chapter five, if any man being Christ is a new creation, all things are passed away, behold, all things are new. And then next verse now says, all things are of God. It's talking about this. The it's, it's talking about what 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 takes place from beyond the veil. That's why they want to resurrect a being that can love 
what is beyond the veil? Are we in the house, please? And all things are of God, who had reconciled us by Christ Jesus, and had given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. So, the Hebrew church, by God's grace, like for us, had come into a season when they could partake of the ministry of reconciliation. They could come into the profiting of the saints of the Father, which is for our profit. What is that profit in that Hebrew chapter 12? He said that we may live and partake of his holiness. For verily, verily, for, ver- for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure because of the profit that was behind that pre- pleasure. What pleased them was according to their will. But when God is chastening us, he's chastening us according to his will, according to what pleases him according to what will give him pleasure and cause a soul to come into pleasure. But he, for our profit, was that our profit? That we might partake of his holiness. So the goal actually of that new and living way is to bring us to a season when we have fathered because we have been able to come into that the, the, the provision of righteousness. Luke chapter 1 talked about that. That we've been delivered from the hands of our enemies. Reverend described them as principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world. But there's also, there's, there are also the, we also need to be delivered from the hands of them that hate us. Because as some, even after we have been delivered from the hands of our enemies, after we have become servants of righteousness, according to Romans chapter 6, when those who hate us, when they put their hands in our soul, they can still find their things there. They can still find that we are not yet living. We have lived by faith, but we still need to be come into subjection to the Father of all spirits. We still need to cry out the Father and endure the dealings that the Father will bring. To introduce us to a new level of newness eh, that will make us partake of the inheritance or that will make us incorruptible. So you can see, let's see Second Peter chapter 2, verse, I think from 19, please. You can see why it is not safe to remain under the new provision. Of a new heart, according to Ezekiel 36, that new newness of life in Christ. Let's see. Let's see. So it says, while they promise them liberty, okay, they themselves are servants of corruption. For if after they have escaped the pollution, of the world, you know what it is to escape the pollutions of this world? By God's grace, God has raised folks who have, by keeping saints with the terms, the clauses, in that first covenant that the Lord drafted, we, it guarantees this escape. Second Peter, I think, is it first Peter, second Peter that, talk, that calls it escape the corruption that walks through lust? So, it's a lust we have overcome, but like Daddy says, he said there are temptations that come from a Higher lost. Hmm. That's why we need to partake of something in the new and living way. 
We have to come into a consecration. We have to come in, we have to partake of a holiness that is higher than the righteousness we partook of or that we became that souls become servants of God. Why? Because we're made free from sin. Romans chapter 6, being made free from sin. Reverend said it's different from being saved from sin. We need to partake of something from the holiest to be fully saved from sin. And that's the chapter of salvation. That's why it says all flesh. That's, that's the heart of flesh. A docile and ductile heart shall see salvation. So to see salvation is to see what will, what will lead to eternal glory. Second, sorry I'm quoting the scripture just to buttress my thoughts. Second Timothy, I think chapter 1 verse 10, it talks about how I endure all things for the elect's sake that I might obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul had come into that, Paul, that salvation is everlasting life. He had, he had amassed everlasting life, but there's a full measure of it. There's a full measure of everlasting life that commended heaven to, to give the likes of John an understanding. In chapter 1 of First John chapter 1, they talked about these things um, I'm writing unto you that my, your joy may be full or that your measure of everlasting life may be full or that you might come into the full profiting of the living way, of the, of the living way of the, of the Father. But in chapter 5, it says, it, says the, it says this is the understanding he has given us. He has given them an, the, the, the fullness of understanding that will make them act men. The understanding of eternal life. Why? They have, they have prospered. He had prospered and profited with the understanding called everlasting life. So Christ actually had an understanding that facilitates our escape from this world. The Father, our everlasting life, is an understanding that will guarantee that we are what? We receive an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefined, that fades not away, reserved for us in heaven. But Paul was saying in 2 Timothy chapter 1, I think verse 10. He says, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake. Those are new men. Those are those first Corinthians, uh, first Peter reference you know, to those elect. Yeah? That they may obtain salvation. Meaning that they may see salvation. All flesh shall see salvation. All flesh should come to the end of it by which there will be a kind of flesh that by which they will they will have a heart of flesh by which they will by which their heart and their mind will have the laws of a new man but there's a law that the father wants to communicate through the knowledge of salvation in the living way that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. So this is the salvation that First Peter chapter 1 called an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, that faded not away. So this is new to a man that has known the first new thing under the sun. This is why they call this, this arena perfection. Let us go on to perfection. Let us go on to salvation. It's not safe to remain in the identity of even the new man 
in the sanctuary. It's not safe. Let's now go back to Second uh, Peter chapter 2, I think verse 20 now. Let's see why it is not safe. If after they have escaped the pollution of the world, after they escape this pollution through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, this is the knowledge that will bring a soul, this is the knowledge that will help a soul deny ungodliness, shun youthful loss, and journey to a place where he begins to look for the Father. This is the knowledge that will bring a soul to that estate called praise. If, for if, meaning there is a possibility, that's why it says go on to perfection, they are entangled again, meaning that knowledge granted them deliverance from that entanglement. So meaning there's still something captivating in that world. You know, see why I told them, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The world can't, the world keeps morphing. Pastor was saying there's nothing, you know, you know, they keep changing, it keeps changing its form, the fashion of this world. If they are entangled again, daring, and are overcome, the later end is worse with them than the beginning. He's talking about, you know, this, this is, if you look at Hebrews chapter 10, the last few verses, he said, we're not of them that draw back. But of them that rejoice to the saving of the soul. So meaning, at the point where a soul will draw back, he's talking about what he will draw back to. He will draw back to a place where he will now begin to take his vomit. The world is actually vomit. We don't know it is. It's, the world is it's, it's, it's not, it's not a meal for the soul of man. A lot of time, why do we vomit a thing? Why? Because we could not digest it. The system could not absorb it. That's why we vomit it. So, so, so you just imagine somebody vomiting the world, then going back to the world. So you now see why everyone that is numbered amongst this company must make it to the ceiling. They must make it up it says, it says, up on Mount Zion, Pastor Thompson was ministering about how we, we come to Zion like they had, by virtue of that escape, you know, you know they, they, they assemble in Zion. But we were talking about Revelation uh, uh, chapter 14, that I, you know, talking about up on Zion, that visitation of the Father and the Lamb, the, of, of, of the Father and the Lamb, the Father and the Son, the Father and the Lamb, was up on Zion. So that's talking about those who have obtained salvation. And by virtue of that visitation, what, 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 that means, that means by virtue of that, that visitation of the Father and the Lamb, eh, is, it has something to do with eternal glory. Why? Because they had obtained salvation. They have been successfully fathered by the father of all spirits. They have lived according to the new and living way. They have fully brought everlasting life into their flesh. That's why the next verses talk about the everlasting angel having the, the everlasting uh, gospel 
they had prospered with that everlasting gospel. And God cannot, cannot ignore such a, such a company. They have to show up with glory. They have to show up with what they will reward them with. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, so let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I need to say some things by God's grace. Let's see verse 18. So, this is where, right now, when you say the new and the living way, he's talking about those who should have come into the profiting of the saints of the Lord in verse 17. What is that profiting? Is what to make them priests or sanctuary brethren. He says, and I will receive you as priests. And I will be a father unto you. This, 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 is, this is the season where they want to measure height to priests. To make them priests of the height. To communicate a measure of life to their soul that will make them um, remember in give me Isaiah chapter 57 verse I think verse 17. Let's see the what they want to what 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 the father will come and do in their midst. Let's see that. Isaiah 57, I think verse um, um when you talk about Tosia the Lord, the high and the lofty one. Tosia the, the high and the lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell with the high and holy. Reverend has explained this before. The high and the holy means talking about you know those the, the holy place and of, of course the height that you know that most holy place wants to comfort to us. And with him, uh, and with him that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble. So this is the process by which they will upgrade the state of that soul. They will introduce new terms that the saints of the Lord will communicate. That you see that soul tremble. Because in Isaiah chapter 66, when it says, unto this man will I look, he that is poor, he that is contrite, and of a contrite and of a broken spirit, and that trembleth at my word. That's the word of God. The word of salvation. The word that will open a soul into salvation. Because Christ has been raised you know, from that first you know, being poor and being contrite. So let's now go back to Isaiah chapter 57. So you can see how, they want to me- how the father wants to measure height. How they want to upgrade the service of these servants of God. Romans chapter 6 called them servants of God because they have been made free from sin. But they need to be made, they need to be saved from sin and to save a soul from sin, measure height. Bring new commandments. So what, what, so what made a new man new was the commandment in Christ. What will make him living are another allocation of new commandments that are in the Father. So when that soul profits with that new commandment that the father brings to a new man, it will revive his spirit. It will upgrade the law in his soul. 
it will it they want to they want to raise that soul from from a people to becoming the people. Because someone has said that once. That, that the audience called sons and daughters, which by God's grace, a time is coming, everyone, the least amongst us, will be will be a son and a daughter. Will be a people of God. But by virtue of what they do with what the Father is saying, by virtue of the commandments the Father brings their way, they will upgrade their service. They will raise them to that estate where, as I 57 called it, to revive their spirits. It's talking about the activity of resurrection of the dead. To somebody who has profited in the resurrection from the dead. To revive the spirit of the humble. And to revive the heart. So it's talking about how they want to upgrade the law that is running that soul. So angels don't have this opportunity. You can't upgrade, a, a seraph can't be upgraded to become a, a cherub. We can. That's, that's the whole essence of the new and living way. Actually, it's possible that one of the lies Satan told to to seraphs was that the time is coming they will be able to, they will become cherubs. I'm not speaking not speaking authoritatively. I say it's possible. He's a liar, so anything is possible. <laughs> the liar from the beginning. They want to upgrade the laws, the stat, this this the state of that. That soul that, according to Ephesians chapter 1, has come into the praise of his glory. Let's see that, Ephesians chapter 1. Let's see. We, we, we do a lot of upgrade. If you, if you use devices like these, they tell you, do an update. They update. There's a new feature. And this is what you will benefit. They want to, they want to upgrade the law in us. For those who have not had a new spirit, and, you know, Ezekiel chapter um, 36, you know, constitution of a new man, they are giving them the opportunity. But for those who have, they are saying there is a service upgrade. And this, this, the, 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 what, when they upgrade our, our service, to upgrade our service, they actually have to upgrade, upgrade the law that is running our soul, the operating system. That is driving our soul. This one, now they've been telling me to update it, but I know sometimes it will take hours. So I just have not done that. And because I've not done that, if there are, there are new futures, I can't enjoy. In the same way, there is, there is a joy. There is a consecration. There is a holiness. And that holiness, there is a only is actually the pleasure of the most holy place. It's the pleasure that will immune us from some things we can still fall for as pleasure. That being that showed up to Jesus at Jordan, that being that seduced Adam in Eden, it can still seduce a Christ that is still a sanctuary, brethren. They need to inoculate or immune him. They need to introduce him to another realm of pleasure. Then, the tendency to adventure a negative pleasure from a negative everlasting life 
will now be ex- will now be like an expired product. Ephesians chapter one. Let's see from verse from verse uh, four, please. Let's see from verse four. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. Semicolon. This is how to get there. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of G of children by Christ Jesus. This is the this is the least acceptable state in the kingdom. And this is one of the things faith will do. Unto the adoption of children by Christ Jesus, unto himself, according to the good pleasure. So this is what pleases God. So just imagine how, how not pleased the Lord is right now. Knowing that the, a chunk of the church is a stranger to being adopted into, you know, as strangers to that estate called adoption of children. That's one of the goals of the court. And that's one of the things you have to pray to the Father of glory was that the eyes of their heart will be enlightened because thereby they will become these, these, these children. According to the good pleasure of his will, uh-huh, to the praise. Reverend says that's the first, that's the first fruit of grace. First place of one called it to, that your faith may be found worthy, counted worthy of that your faith may be counted worthy of praise, of honor, and of glory. Let's go back. So the Hebrew church had gotten there. The, next, the previous verse, I think. <laughs> the, previous, the Hebrew church had gotten to a place where they had, their faith had been found worthy of praise. They didn't need to relate with the, with the new and the living way. To experience something that is more of as it were, a, a 60-fold measure. 30, 60, and of course, ultimately, you have 100. So they were meant to relate with a provision of the new of the living way coming to a holiness, coming to a further separation, which is called consecration. So what consecrates us is height. And that's why when in Romans chapter 8, he talked about those who are coming to that consecration, which is which, which coming to by the love of God, he said, what shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ? Neither height. Why? They've measured a original height after the order of the world to come to that soul. So they've separated a soul from that height. That soul cannot be seduced by, by, by temptation that can come from height. You know, when they, when they took Jesus to that high mountain, they were showing him heights. You need some stuffs, goods, you need an understanding from that new and living way, which what the new and living way wants to emboss in our soul is actually an understanding. You need it to measure the heights that, 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 that Jesus was being tempted with. Reverend said, Satan, Satan took him. Meaning you can be pulled. It's only when Jesus got to that place when he, when he, when he could say, the prince of this world, come it and find nothing in me. By then he had had all judgment. He had fulfilled the obedience, maybe but for the cross, physically speaking, of course, he, had, he already had the heart configuration for the cross that will see him end, become a begotten son. So the praise of the glory 
Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. To, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. So the Hebrew church had gotten there, here. Like by God's grace, some have gotten here. Some of the online audience, by God's grace, they are here. Some seated are here. They, they even have to harvest praise. Which is the first dividend of grace. So the glory of his grace is actually the glory of the inheritance of that incorruptible inheritance. Which, which is, which is where, what we are to come into in this new and living way as we, as we profit with the fathering of that everlasting father. So the praise of the glory of his grace. So there's the praise of the glory of his grace. There's the honor. There's praise. There's honor. That's where the Hebrew church were being called to. And of course, there's glory. Because like we read earlier in that second um, Timothy chapter 1, I endure all things for the elect's sake that I might obtain salvation. So to obtain salvation, we first obtain praise. Then we come, uh, bring ourselves in under submission of the Father of all Spirit. Then we come into glory. It's still faith. Faith in the most holy. At this season, we are building ourselves in our most holy faith. Why? Why faith? Because we are still relating with what is not seen. We are now using faith to fetch substances of of everlasting life. Faith has the substances. Substances of love by which we do first works and last works. It's also faith because it's, it's because it's a fight. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have laid hold of everlasting life. Of eternal life. Which Thought is everlasting life. Like the like the, the saints who were being called, look at me. They were in season in that book of Jude. It says, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy unto eternal life. And yet in the previous verse, chapter two or three, it says, contend earnestly for the faith. Because unlike the churches, you remember the churches in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, every, every one of them that the Lord had to chasten, had to correct, is because they were not contending for what was committed to them in that cause. Wherein their faith should not just have, their faith had been found worthy of praise. Some of their faith had been, look at some of the commendation, you see how they had begun to profit with everlasting life. Everlasting life is a higher profit than the profit of faith. The profit of faith, which is that, that estate of praise, is what is what First um, Corinthians chapter 13 enumerated when it says, it says, if I have faith that can move mountains and have not charity, it profited me nothing. So the first profiting is to be able to handle that conversation of charity. But there's a higher profiting. So when our Lord Jesus came and did not find that profiting, the reason why he could chastise them was because Words that will make them servants of God. Words that will make them fully embody everlasting life. 
Words that will make them coming to salvation are being committed into their trust. So the likes of the church at, at uh, Philadelphia that kept faith with such words, Jesus commended them. Because I was a honorable estate. I win the house, please. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's go back to that. Jude, let's see, let's see from verse 1. Let's see something there. Let's see, look at Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To them that are sanctified by God the Father. This is one of the goal of the new and the living way. This is a sanctification after the man, after the order of the holy, most holy place. Remember the audience of this book. I mean, look at where the book is even found. Before the, after the book of Third John and the book of Revelation. These are souls who were already using faith. They were already building their faith according to most holy, the most holy dimension. They were already using faith. It was encouraging them to contend and to use faith to come into glory, to come into honor and ultimately glory. So it says, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, that is a consecration of the most holy or a further sanctification according to the most holy place. Because we know whenever this Father shows up is to, is to bring us into perfection, into salvation and preserved. One thing faith does, of course, we know is to preserve. You are kept by the power of God unto salvation. So they had been kept by the power of God. They were in season of salvation. Like by God's grace, the season that is upon us is a season of salvation. That's why God says, if anyone will draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Why? There is a higher pleasure than faith that God wants to see when we are delivered from the hands of them that hate us. That's why, like I said some time ago, the temptations of this season for some, for some who end up hearing and seeing or comprehending these words, the temptation in this season will come from those hateful beds. Why? Because God, God is installing a hate program in us. A hate program in us that will, that will see us, that will see us honestly and on, hardly can we miss a meeting. When you miss a meeting, the precepts, you see, what God someone did was to build on the precepts that you know, Pastor Maker taught along. He built on it. Without it, there's, a, there's, a, there's an understanding, a grasp. There is a worthy work according to the man of the most holy that we, we can't handle. He was explaining the soul, the heart and the mind and how the soul is, is meant to come to a place where it can hate evil. How firstly it, it, it will be equipped with knowledge, which is the knowledge of salvation. To know evil, which is what strong meat does. I know what for, I know what for, in that, I, as I, Hebrews chapter 10, he called it, it says, which he had what? Consecrated for us in his flesh. He's talking about what, what has been made available by strong meat. Which, which of course we know is where the, where everlasting righteousness will be declared. 
So for these saints, they were already partake, they were already, like Pastor Mika put yesterday, they were already eating of that veil, of that strong meat. Because when, 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 we've, when a soul finds himself in that most holy place, he must not foul the air there. The, he must be able to naturally handle the conversation of that court. And the conversation of that court is a most holy holiness. Amen. Sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Christ Jesus and called. So you can see in the later verse, I think verse 20 or so, it talked about that calling. What was that calling? It says, it says keep yourself in love of God. Seek the mercy of God unto eternal life. They were called unto eternal life. So many they were in, this, in, the, in the administration of everlasting life. They were being sanctified by God the Father. Let's see the next verse. Uh, verse 3 or so. So, so, so look at the greeting. They are, the greeting to that church will tell you where they were. When you see the greeting in First Peter chapter 1, it went from the greeting in First Peter chapter 2, uh, the greeting in Second Peter. Everyone see was talking about that. He was talking about in First Peter, you hear the word grace and then peace be multiplied. So when you look at the end of First Peter, when it says, it says that you might be established, it says the God of peace, it says after you have suffered a while. Let's see that, First Peter chapter, chapter, um, chapter 5, the last verses. Let's see that. Let's see that. Let's see when a church profits with that greeting, you will see the dividend. You will see what they will come into. And that's why he could now write chapter 2, which will address some who fall short of this profiting and also come as a, as a comfort to those, those who profited with it. But the God of all grace, you see why he greeted them in chapter 1? Grace to you and peace be multiplied. But the God of all grace, who had called us unto is eternal glory. You know, see why Second Peter was greeting, was had that greeting, grace be multiplied. Grace and peace be multiplied through the knowledge of God. Uh-huh. Let's, so let, let's see that. Thank you. But the God of all grace, who had called us unto eternal glory. Meaning there's, 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 a, there's like we read earlier in that um, Ephesians chapter 1, we use grace, the first dividend of grace is praise. But it's called all grace. So grace is to facilitate our way into glory. And the way it does so is to bring us firstly into salvation that is in Christ Jesus. What's the salvation that is in Christ Jesus? First Timothy chapter 1, I think verse 5 or so, he called it, he talk, you know, he, he, he called it, um, 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 he talked about how the grace of our Lord Jesus was exceedingly abundant with faith and love. So he's talking about the new way of the courts and that living way, which is also new to that new man of the most holy. Yeah. And the grace of our Lord Jesus was exceeding abundant with faith and love that is in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. But the God of all grace So in the previous verse we read, it's talking about salvation, the great faith and love that is in Christ Jesus. It's talking about not just coming to the end of faith, but moving into the season of salvation like we have. 
and the God of all grace, who had called us unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect. Make you a new man. Mm-hmm. Establish you. This is, this is, this is a, a kind of dominion that Christ begins to wield. You remember in you remember you, you hear you hear some designer they say since 1910 established since 1910 he's talking about how age has passed how that new that new man with a new age how he has used that wine see that you love one another with a white-heated love fervently so he's talking about how a soul will be established you hear that word in the book of kings when a king comes into power he says, after his kingdom had been established and strengthened. You check it. Those two words, you see it in the, the book of Kings and Chronicles. Meaning a king comes into power, but he perpetuates his reign gradually. And a lot of times they do so by tying alliances, you know, and what have you, and true economic prosperity. Amen. Uh-huh. So you see that? Let's see that. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 12. And it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom. So it's one thing to be established in faith. Romans chapter 6, verse 25, 26. It's one thing to obey faith to all nations and come into an establishment. We use the wine of faith. We use the, con- the conversations of charity until we can do one thing with charity. One thing we'll do with charity that everybody must do is to be able to cover a multitude of sins. Charity covereth. Why? Because even at that point in time, even the love of the Father is already, is already, is already being formed in that soul. So he can cover. He can excuse faults. It's a priestly stature. Praise the Lord. So in that uh, second Chronicles we read, we saw how he was established in the kingdom and strengthened himself. This is a kind of Second Peter chapter 1 when it talks about if these things being you underbound. Meaning you can come into charity and not abound in charity. You can have self-control and not abound in it. There's an abounded measure. When we come into the abounded measure of those things, the doors, the entrance into the everlasting kingdom, into the, the new and the living way will open up. Understanding will come. So there's any reason why we don't have understanding about some things God servant says. There's any reason why we can't process that, that thought, those thoughts simultaneously, online, real time. It's because we have not been made of a quick understanding. And the way we'll be made of a quick understanding is for those things to be, not just in us, but to abound. Meaning those conversations must become natural. Amen. Thank you. After you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, that's where you are bound and settle you. So then the greetings of first, first Peter chapter 1 have been fulfilled. Let's now see Second Peter chapter 1. You now see grace and peace be multiplied. Okay, let's now see uh, Jude chapter 1. Let's see that. Let's see that. So, so see the greeting to these saints now. This greeting is upon us right now by much of what we are saying. Pastor Fermi was saying earlier, I think, I think a tongue came while he was ministering. Talking about mercy. I said, it's true. 
Even this morning, I was hearing that cry of mercy, some tongue in our morning devotion. I think a tongue came, you know, around, um, um, you know, the Father countenance, mercy, mercy. It's a realm of mercy. Mercy unto you. Why? Because they were dealing with the with with the with the most holy realm. So mercy unto you. Remember, it says, it says seek mercy unto everlasting life. It's talking about how they will first prosper with salvation, and then they can now engage the ark. To engage the ark is what will is, is what will bring us to a place where that Second Peter chapter six talked about. It says, "I will walk in them." That's an activity of. Reverend called it the threefold measures or expressions of eternal life. I will walk in them. I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. Let's see that. I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. And will be their God. And they will be my people. So this is, this is because their service has been upgraded. From verse 18 where they were a people by virtue of being sons and daughters. By virtue of coming into the new and the living way. So coming to a place where they prosper with that way. Prosperity in that way is what will now open up what we read up in that verse 16. When they prosper in that way, like those church, how do you prosper in that way? It says, keep yourself in the love of God. It's a warfare. So keep the commandment of love, which actually is, which actually is the commandment of everlasting life. Until our judgment is upgraded to a place where our service will now be upgraded. We will now be servants of God who has profited with the testimony of Jesus. And by, and, and by that profiting, we love not our life to the death of that life. So here it says, thank you. So it says, mercy unto you. Meaning, meaning they were now, they were, by, by them profiting, with it, look at me, when they keep faith with all that is said here, when this was, thank you Lord, this was like the final lap of a covenant that will make them my people. So God brought some new clauses that will make them to come into a higher profiting. This is what will raise those who become the tail of that mountain. This is what will raise those who become the, the you know, even, even that heavenly Jerusalem. They will have to profit with these with this clauses. With this, with the, 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 this, this is what will enable them to cut that everlasting covenant huh? that will see them do what? That will see them partake of the promise of that covenant. So the promise is, I will be your God. You will be my people. So let's see that. Say, mercy unto you. Like I can tell you, mercy, mercy, is, mercy is hovering over us to isolate our comprehension of this life, of this path, of this way. Mercy unto you. Peace and love be multiplied. Can you see that? Peace and love be multiplied. You can see? Looking for the mercy of our Lord. You see? You see, keep yourself in the love of God. That's how mercy will be multiplied. And then, initially, you were, we come to a place where we are justified by faith. We have peace with God. But here, the God of peace will show up. Everyone talked about from Numbers chapter 6, 23 to 25. It was talking about how peace, when it says, you know, um, the last verse there, Numbers chapter 6, verse 25, the last verse, it was describing the peace here. It's not the peace 
that Romans chapter 5, verse 1 talked about when it says, you know, uh, being justified by faith, you have peace with God. This is a place where peace will be established. This is that place where God, God, this is the peace of the throne. They say, where was, where was God when six million Jews were being killed? It was, it, had, it was, it was this peace that left him on the throne. Where was God when Jesus was being, was, was, you know, was being crucified? Is this peace that, 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 has, that has left him, kept him on the throne? And that same peace, they want to give it to man. Because you need that peace to sit on the throne. See, even in Philippians chapter, chapter 4, it talked about that peace. Love, lift up your countenance. Lord, lift up his countenance. The Lord give thee peace. It's a different peace from the previous uh, Reference of the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. When you are kept, there's a peace. There's a peace by which you war. I, I can see, I see, I see some of us, even I and my wife. Hallelujah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful wife. The Lord gives uh, many of us in our company. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a token of God's mercy upon our lives. When you want to see God's mercy at work in a man's life, it's where in this part, check his wife. Yes. Amen. That's a message for some. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So I was talking about that peace that sometimes I find myself say, even when maybe on an occasion she's wrong, I'm right, I'll say, I'm sorry. I'm worrying in peace. It's a peace of faith somewhere. Amen. And sometimes you say, she find herself saying things like, oh, sweetheart, I'm sorry. Whereas, on that occasion, I'm the one that is not necessarily right, but because she wants peace. Are you with me? But the peace he's talking about here is a higher peace than, than that peace. Reverend called it, it's, it's, um, he, said, he, said, he said there, he said that's peace established. The peace that, 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 that governs the throne. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, we want to thank God because by God's grace, um, our days are says your days are closer than when we first believed. Yeah, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Just by hearing, there is an agreement many people make. They believe. But when we do what we believe, then the nature, the, the blessing of that promise comes. And the, the full measure of the blessing of each of those promises is a law. That we, that, that, that we first raise that, that flesh to ha- being a heart of flesh, having a particular law, and then, of course, the next law by virtue of the next exposure to the knowledge you know, you know, from a higher court. So our, com- our comfort and our consolation by God's grace is that our faith, by God's grace, for as many who have been found, whose faith has been found worthy of praise, will in this season and beyond be found worthy of honor and ultimately of glory. And then, by God's grace, I'm seeing how everlasting life is putting, is, is, wants to bring an installation in us that will see us handle pleasure. When I mean pleasure, they are, when you see, Roman, when you see Genesis chapter 6, sons of God, what, what was it that used to bring them down? was pleasure. Something was still a pleasure to them. But what everlasting life wants to do was to prepare us, is to prepare us 
for the pleasure of the right hand. It's called pleasure forevermore. Yes, that's one thing everlasting righteousness wants to introduce us to. How will he do that? It will bat the sense of that realm. It's by the sense of that realm that the evil that the enemy has to bring in such seasons will lose their value. And by virtue of that, like it says in Hebrews chapter 6 there, the strong men belong to them who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil. As we come to that place, as we feast on every light, knowledge, concerning this new and living way, our judgment will be raised to a place where every work of the enemy in us would have been destroyed. Everything was sharing about, for this purpose was the Son of Man made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the enemy. By the time his works has been fully, de- has been fully destroyed, we can entertain his appearance with glory. Praise the Lord. Let's just buy heads in, in prayers, in thanksgiving. Let's just thank the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Supratanisa, Brondelisa, Brotale, Brotenisi, Banglo, Fretedisa. Estusumangwe, Shutale, Brotangalesi, Ekandolasia. Thank you, Father, for commissioning a season where we'll be further sanctified. We have been sanctified, but we'll be, we'll be sanctified according to salvation. And we'll be prepared for eternal glory. For what man fell short of was eternal glory. Thank you for this journey back to Eden. Thank you. Thank you for preparing us to eat of that tree that Adam fell short of. Thank you in the days of our flesh. We will know the pleasure of that tree, which is the pleasure of your right hand. And thank you for the healing that is taking place in this season. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you will come and reap this peaceable fruit of righteousness. This peaceable fruit of even everlasting righteousness. Thank you, Father. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus. I bring key, I give key, I give key, I give key, I give secret, I give secret, I give secret, I give secret, I give secret. This is these are secrets. These are secret of entrance. These are secret of entrance into the day of God. These are key of entrance, key of the secret, key to that door, key to that place, key to that path. 
key to that day. Even the day, even the day of our God. Even the day of our God. Even the day of our God. I give you the key. These are the key. These are the key which you must abound in. These are the key which you must prosper in. These are the things that must abound and abound and abound. Until the door of the everlasting life is open. Until the door of the everlasting life is open. Until the door into the most holy is open. Oh, abound in this key. These are keys. These are keys. These are secret of entrance. Secret of entrance. I've just given you secret of entrance. It's the secret of the entrance. It's the secret of the entrance. Entrance. See the spirit of God.